Welcome to the Barrels and Business Podcast. I am your host, Jay Green, and this is the podcast for beach-loving, barrel-chasing business owners. In the next hour or so, I plan to give you as many tangible tips on how you can grow and build your kick-ass team, scale your business, and live the epic life of your dreams. So stay tuned while myself and my guests bring you all of the best. Welcome to this episode of Barrels and Business, or you might be listening to us on Team Engineered. Today, I feel super excited, super blessed to welcome you, the Jason Everett from the What's Beautiful up? Mind Show. What's up? <laughs> What's going on? You're about to you right now? Uh, I'm in California, so I'm, but I'm not close enough to the surf. You're like out the door from the surf. I got to like get in the car. So these are the problems. Yeah, you were just whinging about your surfboards being in storage. It's so uh, rough. It's winter oh. time here, so I'm so sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so let me tell you a little bit about Jason and why I have him on the show. So Jason and I are in a group program together. We've got to know each other over, I don't know, about 80 months. And I yeah. must say, I've never met anyone else that matches my energy. <laughs> I feel the same way. I feel yeah. the same way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He just takes it up a notch. And when we when we jam about subjects, it's like, oh, my God, it's like you're stealing from my brain. So Jason, as I said, he's got this epic podcast, The Beautiful Mind Show. I will link yeah. it everywhere so you can check it out. He interviews Wait amazing Wait. people like myself. No, way better people. <laughs> Uh, he he and also yourself. is on and <laughs> he's on jasoneverett.com and he is also the lead man for High Performance Salon Academy. Being a multi-generational entrepreneur, he has always lived at the performance edge. He goes all the way with everything he does. And he's, he's I feel like you you match me on the balls to the wall or nothing at all sort of mantra. Jason. I like to live that way. I it, I don't, I, yeah, that that's how I like to be. And I, I just do it because I think that um, I want to know what I'm capable of doing, to be really honest. And so when you say like balls, the wall, that's just like, it's just a test for myself to see what I'm capable of. So that's why, that's why I'm all in. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So we were just having a little bit of a jam uh, before we've come live and what did we decide that we were going to talk about today? There was this really, this really great gift. <laughs> I wrote it down. I wrote it down because ah. I, I think that the most important thing we can do today, Jade, is we're hanging out. And by the way, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, if you listen to Jade all the time, I know you're a badass and like you're a lot of serious business, but you also know that there's some rest and relaxation uh, in your world. So I want you to know, like I play just as hard as I work, I run some big businesses and I play just as hard. So I just want you to know if you're listening to Jade, it probably means we should hang out more um, because I know that's just Jade's jam. So thanks for having me on again. Uh, the topic though today was how do you create lifelong bonds through adversity, whether it's the adversity going on in your business around you or it's the adversity that you actually artificially create to create lifelong bonds. That's the jam. You cool with that? That still sound good? The reason why, when when you said that, I was like, oh my God, that's the thing. Because I've just been talking about, and this this is the thing I wanted to share with you. You inspired me. We we spoke on your podcast maybe six or eight months ago. Yeah. And I was still just doing the Zoom things and I was kind of playing it safe with um, the way I was consulting. And I was like, I just really miss doing the live events. And you're like, just fucking do it. Like, don't worry about COVID. Just Just find a way. Make it happen. (laughs) Just do a live event. Just do it. And so- 
I think it was like two weeks ago, I ran a live mm-hmm. event here, my first live event in so long. Come and on. It was, it was so good. So, there was a mini hurricane, yeah. but that's okay. But it, the it's because of how much did, energy you brought. I get it. Yeah, it was like, just it's just me. Yeah. yeah. But the thing that we did with um, the participants, one of the key things was an ice bath. And yeah. I was, I have been really trying to impress, like people like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. Like, that's fun. I'm like, no, you need to understand the reason behind it. Like the reason why we would have, like we had multiple companies here, but we had teams of people. It's like, why would you do this with a team? What What's your perspective? Why would you throw, yeah. like do an ice bath type of uh, activity with teams and what's the benefits that they get out of it? Yeah, so besides, first and foremost, the epic I'm, photos. <laughs> yeah, epic photos are good. Um, but what I would just say is, is like, look, ice baths are one of the tools in my toolbox that I'm in love with. In fact, if you don't know, I'm also a certified firewalking instructor. Um, the same, like basically the main people who brought firewalking to the US uh, that trained Tony Robbins are the same people that I've been trained by to lead firewalking uh, adventures. And so I just bring okay. this up because- <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I've been wanting to do this. I've been wanting oh, to do this. Over. And now, yeah. and now I know that no, I have to do it with you. Let's do it. Come to my property up in California. We just bought a brand new gorgeous piece of property. Oh my we, God. Just, we just did our first ever fire walk there a couple months ago. It was spectacular. And I will be doing lots there. So don't you Well, worry. I'm meant to be in San Diego presenting for another um, board rumor at Get the up end here. of April, I think. Yeah. Well, we should probably talk about it then. We should um, do it. So, so what I would say is ice baths, uh, firewalks. I mean, I've done, you know, as you know, I've done some pretty extreme things. I have taken clients rally car racing, jumped off the top of mountains and been paragliding. We've taken them. What else have we done? Uh, we just got recently finished doing uh, stunt planes over Lake Tahoe in Northern California. That, was, really the, had that like was the one that mid-air, got me. <laughs> mid-air dog bite. That was the one I that even got took me. my clients. Like- yeah. Uh, let's just say I threw up a lot. Um <laughs> And I also have driven tanks and crushed cars. Like I literally have driven a Sherman, a Sherman tank right over two vehicles. Like it's just crazy stuff. But here's why I do it, Jade. Because a lot of people are like, what does this have to do with business? It's like, it's just okay. fun. So, so I need to tell you the story, okay? Let me, let me rewind back. I got to tell you a little bit of a story. I'll be on a tangent. I promise it'll be worth it, okay? <laughs> um, when I was younger, when I was 20 years old, I wasn't ready to be a parent yet, but I loved kids. And in America, there's this company called, uh, or this, this organization called Big Brothers Big Sisters, where oh, you can yeah. volunteer to work with a kid, right? So, so I'm volunteering to work with this kid, and I, I had hung out with him a bunch, and we got him like a Game Boy for his birthday. And the next time I saw him, I said, "Hey, where's your Game Boy?" And he said, "Oh, I don't have it." I said, "Well, what happened?" And he said, "Well, it got stolen because his mom had had so many people in and out of the house that it had mm-hmm. been stolen and taken away from him and hawked or whatever it was." And I realized at that moment that. The only thing I could really give this kid was an experience that could never be taken away. Okay. And so what I started doing with him was taking him on these little adventures. He's eight years old. You know, I'm in my twenties and we're doing all, you know, we're going playing video games, all the stuff I would do with my dad. You know, we did all these things, but then we started getting a little crazy and we started doing like underwater scuba photos with Santa Claus, or we'd go zip lining through a ravine or we'd go cave repelling. And if, and like, it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So one day we literally got to the point where he was 16 years old. So this is after years and years another eight years after when he was 16 years old, he had never been on a plane and I fly all the time. I fly all the time, all the time. He saw me fly over the country. He'd never been on a plane. And I was like, Hey buddy, uh, I have something for you to do. And like, are you down? And he always said, whatever it is, I'm in no matter what it is. I'm like, okay. You've never been on a flight, right? He goes, yeah. And I go, how about for your 16th birthday, I take you skydiving. And so I kid you not, 
his very first flight, we took off and he jumped out of the plane for his very, for his very first flight. And I probably told the story as many times as he did is that his very first flight, he never landed in the plane uh, and he skydived on his very first flight. And, and I just, I say that because it kind of just got me in this mode where I realized that we'd created lifelong bonds through extreme stretches of our reality and pushing out, uh, outside our comfort zone. So when you think about things like, why is it that brothers in military or sisters in military or anything like that build lifelong bonds where it's like when they go to war together, they constantly will remember each other till the day they die. And they might be the last people they talk to on planet earth when they pass away. It's because they've been through challenges and struggles and stripes and they put themselves so far outside their comfort zone that all of a sudden the bond that gets built is lasting and it's forever. And we just don't do that in business. Like, oh, let's go to an escape room or, oh, let's go go go-karting or like we do things, but like people think that it's the fun that you have. It's not the fun. And this is where people miss it is it's the stress and the strife and the struggle that creates the bonds. Because in that moment that you are at your worst and somebody else is there to pick you up and to be with there and support you, you build a bond. Yes. I don't know if that was a too long of a story for you, but that's why. No, that's great. But that's yeah. the whole thing, right? The, the the number one thing that creates connection is going through a shared struggle. And sure. also when you and the, and the survival of that struggle. And yeah. that's why I love you said that you can you can create artificial struggle to create the connection. Yeah. And it's the number one reason like I do the ice bath stuff because it yeah. you've got you've got your people around you cheering you, having your back. You're yeah. going through it. But also for me, I teach the individuals that it's the grit that you now learn from doing that. Mm-hmm. So we had one of our guys, his eyes were rolling back in his head. He wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't going to make it. All of the teams around him going, come on, man, you've got this, you've yeah. got this. Yeah. And then the week after we had a stressful work situation and everyone's like, mate, you made it through the ice bath. You got this shit. You can get through anything. You, you can <laughs> yeah. get through this. Totally. Right. Yeah. And what I, what I would say about that is like, I had an interesting experience. I didn't do my first, uh, my first, okay. So I'm to talk about these two things. My first firewalk experience was with 10,000 people in Los Angeles, 10,000 people chanting cool moss, cool moss with Tony Robbins. And we walked on fire. We did this whole thing. Right. Um, which was an epic experience, but my first ice bath experience was I was being coached uh, by a friend of mine who's an insane uh, breathwork coach and instructor. And it was him coaching me privately, but I had my family around me. It was just my wife and my kids and my kids got to see it. My parents were there and he coached me through, you know, a six minute ice bath or whatever it was. And it just reminded me that like, man, oh man, the difference of 10,000 people in one mindset to do something versus a couple people supporting you versus if I would just do it by myself is drastically different. And what we oh. find we do our adventures, right? When we do our adventures is that we find a perfect group to do an adventure in about the 12 to 20 mark. That's about a really yeah. good place. Cause like I get, you can do it in a big experience and then like you have an experience and you're part of the crowd. It's kind of like going to a concert, you know, or a big festival, like you yeah. become one with the crowd. And so most people do the things but when you, when you build the bond in that, you know, 12 to 20 range, it will set you on fire, no pun intended, because we talked about fire, but it'll set you on fire like nothing you've ever experienced. And, and I think that's it is like the question is, can you catch on fire because other people are are supporting you and building you and feeding mm-hmm. into you? Because I think sometimes if we're really honest, Jade, that people don't believe in themselves. So when they catch on fire, they immediately put it out for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, I'm doing really good, but I don't want to be too good. Yeah. 
and they the imposter it. syndrome. Other people are, yeah, everybody else is fanning the flames and saying, you got this, you can do it. That's what it means to be pushed, to be coached, to be accelerated. And so this idea of catching fire is that you can, you can be whoever you want to be and you can move to what you deserve to be doing if you allow yourself to catch fire and be fanned by others. Oh, it's almost a mic drop there. That's amazing. Um, but how do, how, like, how important is this to, for business leaders to do this with their team? What's, what really is the benefit that you see come on the back end of that? Yeah. So I, I've been doing corporate training for over 13 years. Like I, I actually got started by doing large scale corporate training for probably of the, and I worked a lot in the beauty industry. That's why I do the high performance salon Academy is I've worked with the top in the, in the global top 10 beauty brands, I probably worked with the top four, top three or four of the largest global beauty brands. And I did training for all of their corporate leaders. So I fly out to their headquarters out in New York for or New York or in Paris or in all these different cities and do trainers for their top trainers that train hundreds of people out in the field. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that like the question becomes uh, for a lot of times I do that is they do a lot of boardroom trainings and not boardroom like yeah. your boards that are behind you, but like boardrooms like boring room trainings. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you sit down and like one of the first trainings I ever went to, I, I popped into a training and I, I sat down with a group. I put them in a circle. And I did it and they were like, holy crap. Like, I thought you were going to talk at us for two days, but you like sat down and actually did things with us and gave us experiences and created it. Mm -hmm. Because when you, when you learn through play and you learn through games and you learn through experiences, like you were a different person. So when you learn, like when we went and drove rally cars, for example, they, one of the biggest lessons that came from it was that. You can't, like in rally, you have to constantly manage your gas, your brake, and your steering. Those are the three things they tell you, right? So gas, brake, steering. So, and they say, look, you can't ever be 100% on both. If you're 100% on the brakes, you're stopped. If you're 100% on the gas, you lift up your front end, you have no steering. Like you have to moderate how much gas, brakes, et cetera, you're doing. And those lessons then get translated over into the business. So see, most people make the mistake of trying to teach you about your business from the business's perspective. Like, Jade, today we're going to be talking about marketing and the way our marketing flow and mix works. And let me explain to you this 58 point blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I don't really care. But if I take you out and we do a rally car day and all of a sudden you have your own epiphany and you're like, holy crap, Jason, this, this, this rally car experience has taught me. And again, it's all magic is in the deeper. It's not just doing cool crap and then saying it was fun. Great. Cause you, that'll screw it up. The yes. magic is in the debrief of the experience yes. and the unpacking of what just happened. Because you mentioned it with your ice bass, right? You got to unpack what happened and say, why was that valuable? Who were you? What happened in that scenario? And this is the magic question. How can you take this back to our boardroom? How can we take this back to business? How do we take this back in an environment that allows all in of us life. to use it? And it will impact everyone else. Correct. This is where I think the biggest downfall is because coming from running teams before we're always every month we did team building things and if we hit a yeah. certain target we had the stretch goal like to go do the super <laughs> fun shit and then right. the we had a, a risk once that if we didn't hit our target we had to go swimming in sydney harbor in the middle of winter in our bathers and the photo was going to go on linkedin perfect yeah it happened um but <laughs> the thing is we'd hire these team building companies to come in we do the event and there, yeah. there was no no debrief there, yeah, was no, and, there was no, there was no putting the dots. Oh, like we can't expect people to like, yeah. oh, like we did this super fun thing where we we're a human foosball table and like, we're all on like tied up and you've got to kick the soccer ball and you'd like over, but there was nothing. I can look at it now right. in reflection and go, what was that teaching us? And what it was supposed to teach in terms of getting the team to communicate. Like, cause if one person runs one way, you're taking the whole <laughs> foosball table with you. Right. And but so there was the question no becomes, actual... where does that happen in business? 
right? Yeah. So these are the magic questions. If you want to do a, I mean, you can take your kid, your, you can take your staff, go karting and do all that stuff, but say like, so you got to ask, so what happened? What worked? What didn't work? What'd you learn? And then also, where does this happen in our business? Because what's going to happen is, I don't know, okay, so many things. Um, one of my favorite expressions is games reflect behavior, but also that play reflects behavior and challenges draw out your rawest emotions that you default to in your most stressful situations. Okay. What's so what ends up happening? You get from that? <laughs> right. So what happens is when you put somebody in that seat where they're stressing out, like, because when we got on our rally cars, I'll just talk about rally. But like when we got in rally cars and we're turning around a thing, they basically say, get in the car, slam on the gas, turn the steering wheel when I tell you to. We'll tell you gas, brake, turn, right? Like that's that they'll tell you. We'll just shout at it or they'll say both gas and brake or 50% gas, 50% brake, whatever it is. They'll tell you all those things. So when you get in it and you're like, ah, like I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> all, like all of a sudden, all you can default to is your core beliefs, patterns and behaviors that come out of you automatically, which is what you default to in stressful situations, yeah. right? So somebody yeah. comes in your office like, hey, Jade, we need to talk. You're like, ah, you go into that stress mode and you go to your default behaviors, your pattern behaviors, your learned behaviors, and you go into like that fight or flight reflex mode. So everything that's been a core belief of yours is, is kind of honed into that. And so when we do these adventures, we get people in that core reflex mode in a different environment than their business, out of their normal power position, out of all those things. And then when we talk about it, instead of them going, that's because Cindy doesn't like blah, blah, blah. And that's because Robin always tells yeah. me that. Da, 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 da. Like, instead of that, they're like, you know what? When we turned around that corner, I realized that I always doubt myself right before I'm ready to win. Where else does that come up in your life? And you're like, damn, that happens to me every time we go into that big sales meeting. Where else does it come up in your life? You know what? It comes up with my kids where just when I think I'm doing the right thing for them, I back out and I cancel the last minute and I find an excuse to go to work instead of do it. And you go, great. Mm -hmm. So now that you know that, how can you handle it? Well, gee, you know, next time I'm in that situation, maybe if I just do this, next time if I do this and I can do that. And all of a sudden, because you've removed yourself from it, you've had almost like an out-of-body experience from that business lesson, you can look at it objectively. And the whole goal of creating transformation inside somebody at a core level is to get them to look at themselves subjectively, but they can't look at themselves objectively when they're in the position of power that they were given through the business. Yeah. So until you put them in an awkward situation, like, I don't know how to fly a stunt plane, we're all level playing field, zero. Yeah. Right. So like, I don't know how to drive a stunt plane. I don't know how to drive a tank. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. I'm completely at the mercy of professional instruction that I'm receiving. And then again, you, anybody can do a reward activity. Like, Oh, we went and played mini golf or we got to watch a movie yeah. or whatever, but that's not what it's about. You have yeah. to do the debrief and you have it's, to do it with somebody who's competent to debrief it. Cause yeah. it's an art. It's an art in and of itself. It's a complete art and, and helping them to understand how they can apply the learnings. So drawing, like the debrief of drawing out the learnings, demonstrating, helping them connect the dots and then talking them through how it can apply and the follow-up from that and empowering the, the coaches. Uh, so I call our managers uh, within businesses coaches so that they remember what their duty is. It's not, and so, so that they can also go, okay, well, remember, like when you had this freak out, remember how you handled this situation. Like we had one guy. Yeah they didn't know they were going surfing. And so he wasn't prepared and he had to take his glasses off to go surfing. And he's like, I'm not oh. going to be able to see. Uh, and he was the, he was literally the best guy on the day. And he just was like, Oh, I just remembered like back in my home country, I used to skateboard and I just, I kind of just thought, what did it feel like to do that? And mm -hmm. then he was like, so I just went with the feeling and I just mm -hmm. like, I was like, 
was like, okay, when you get so freaked out, like everything overwhelmed, just re- like just remember you've got this. Remember how, and you can drop back into that, and it builds yeah. that confidence. So what I love about these things is around the grit as well. Like we're learning the grit, we're learning that, and we can remember like if if your guys can handle like the cognitive pattern of okay, break gas, steer, handle the pressure at 100 miles an hour going up over a mountain while taking a 65-degree turn in <laughs> how many seconds? Yeah. You can you can handle the team member coming in having a meltdown and, like, get your, get your brain in gear and not, like, auto-word vomit out. <laughs> so you bring up something that I actually don't talk about a lot and I'm really glad you did that uh, doesn't come up in conversations, even when I'm teaching it very often, but you brought it up, which is um, artificially imposed handicaps to raise the stakes. So this is a really interesting thing. Uh, We do it a lot through like, we're going to do something and we put people way outside their comfort zone. But like you said, going surfing and not being able to wear your glasses would be like, oh my God, how did somebody who actually got a handicap, if you will, by removing their glasses, accelerate another sense? Like I'm going to just feel it. Cause what happens is most people, and this is a really great example. I was just surfing in Hawaii with my, uh, my stepdad and my kids. I took my son surfing for the first time in Hawaii. I got a picture cause he's super cute. Oh my God. Can you send Uh, me that? Yeah, I totally will. Here, check this out. I'll put it up if you can see it. But like, this is my little oh, dude surfing in Hawaii. Yes. Oh, That's his he, first wave he ever caught, my little he's dude. Got, he's okay? good stance. He's oh, not, he was, he's he was in it, right? He was in it yeah. and ready to go. So here, But here's the thing. When you're an adult, my kid got it right away. When you're an adult, you get in your head and you're dead, right? As you get up, you're like, well, I should be standing up and I'm going to position myself properly. And I'm going to do it. You think through everything. Oh, but man. when you lose in my something. Head, I go splat. Right. So, so if you, if you close your eyes to, for that example, you close your eyes, you can only feel the board and like you could feel the wave. It heightens your other senses because you've lost one of your senses. And believe it or not, it was actually easier for you to stand up because you don't have as much visual stimulus to respond to. And you're right? not looking down. Because now all down. <laughs> you can do is feel the balance of the board or like if it's fuzzy around you, all you can do is feel the balance of the board and like make sure your weight is centered and pop up. Like you're kind of literally thinking through that process. And so in a lot of the activities that we do, we artificially create these other handicaps and resources or like we'll mess with teams when we're doing activities with them and be like, hey, the person that you thought was going to run this race is off the team now, they're out. Or you now have to do this with three team members instead of the five that you thought you would have. And we we mess with people, not from like a ha ha ha, now it's a hard thing to do. But yeah. how do you become more resourceful when the stakes have been raised? Yeah. Because you will become more resourceful if given the space to do so. And how you respond in that moment says a lot about how you respond in all those moments. If you moment. give somebody that depth of insight, that's what you're looking for. Yeah. This is, and I'm uh, I'm not sure if I should you. I'm, I'm accrediting under Stephen Kotler with the Flow Research Collective. So really going deep on flow and and specifically- Reach out flow for 10 more hours. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> um, but really looking at how you can train for grit, train for being at your best when you're at your worst, but how you can add these high flow activities and these adventure, like the these adrenaline activities so that you are- conditioning yourself because anything that you do in that situation cannot like once the brand brain expands, right. It doesn't go back to where it was. It so any, any of these th- things that you are doing outside of work, they translate over They're They're building your psyche. They're giving you the muscle memory of how to behave under pressure, how to think on your feet, how to stay calm when you need to, how to regulate 
your body and your emotions. Like these are just yeah. amazing skills. And I, it's, it's surprising to me that there is not many corporate training organizations or team building organizations or, or people out there that are like, they might do the fun activity, but there's, there's not that. Yeah. There's, science there's behind of it. Look, I, I have done so many activities. It was like, we were, we had a team building company come in and like, we made a movie with like, you know, a hundred people. We broke into teams. We made a horror movie on these cameras. It was great. <laughs> super fun. But we did no debrief. It was just like, how, how was that? And what'd you guys get out of it? I was like, it was fun. All right. that fun? They're like, there's, mm-hmm. there's lots of people who can do activities, but the power of the debrief is what makes all of the difference in the world. And, and Jade, you said something that I, I, I um, would like to add something to how I think about it. Cause you mentioned something, you said, when your brain expands, it won't ever go back. I think it just goes back slowly, especially when you're in this big thing. I, I think it does go back if you don't work it out like a muscle. Meaning that yeah. like, if you have a big adrenaline experience, it gets really, really big. And you, you have this extreme sense of self and self-worth, but I think two things happen in my opinion, that I think are worthy of talking about for this podcast. Number one is when you become much larger and much bigger than you think possible, you will immediately come under attack from all the people that you have intimidated by how big you've become. That's number one is all the people who are scared of who you are will attack you in the workplace. If you ever been attacked before in the workplace, you came back from a huge conference and you were like, yeah, we're going to kill it. And then you're that one employee is like, Oh, did you come back with all the, are y'all hopped up on Mountain Dew from your blah, blah, blah experience with Jade? What'd you guys do? Do an ice bath and you go and you shrink back down. I think that can happen. My my ex-husband used to say, did you have fun at clown college? Oh yeah. See? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, here's the thing. They don't even know that they're doing it. They're just intimidated by the size in which you've become, and they don't know how to relate to you. So the only thing they can do to even feel slightly bigger is to make you smaller. Right. And again, you know, whether it's kids making fun of you in school or whatever else, or ex-husbands or husbands, or whatever, you know, whatever it is, you've got to be aware that that, that that stuff happens in your reality. So it does cause you to shrink back. The other thing that I've experienced, cause like, you know, I went to Tanzania, Africa and went on an African safari, had this amazing experience with like uh, yeah, yeah, super. Oh, yes. My Tanzania. Tanzania. I love it. I carried that around in my underwear for three weeks while I was free camping through Tanzania and Botswana. Oh, my God. So, uh, but like, you know, I had an experience where I got to go meet these people who lived in huts and didn't have any water and I walked miles. And it's like, I remember when I came back, I was a totally different person for yeah. about six months. And, and then like slowly my reality and the context around mm-hmm. me kind of made me back into the uh, privileged white American, whatever that exists around my reality. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I have 12 faucets around my house. And these people were, you know, walking 10 miles to get to school, writing on newspaper that was turned sideways because they can't afford paper. And I'm just like, what is happening? In my reality, it's just such a juxtaposition, yeah. right? So I think you do shrink back over time, which is why I'm such an advocate for, you know, especially if you're working with teams, don't ever just do one team building experience this is an ongoing activity and you should work with somebody on a regular basis. And like, if you don't have any ideas, like call me or message me, I'll give you some ideas or help you. But the idea is that I just want people to realize that sometimes they do well. We used to do team building and we did that with our old team. I'm like, but every time you add new people, you got to create new bonds. Every time you create more and like you yeah. can have, you know, good designs, but you've got to recreate all of that trust because trust is the one thing that it takes years to build and it can take a second to lose. Yeah. And to try and gain that back is ridiculous. I do agree with you in terms of you do slowly go back, but what the memory, like you, you drop off, but I think the memory is still there if you can re-trigger it. Yeah. So, so so what I would say is like stretching your stomach. It's like, you remember how to get back there and you can get back to it again. 
but it's yeah. easy to go in and out of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. And mm-hmm. this is again, why I think it needs to have prolonged um, re-anchoring of the experience so that you don't just go with debrief on the one day. It's like right. there's touch points going on and, and reminding people of what they learned or revisiting it or, yeah, and yeah. definitely keeping the practice going. Or, or theming your entire company's year around it. I mean, when we did our rally training, we did a whole training. I mean, we did an entire multi-day training around that later. And we, we not only, we took 12 people of a couple hundred people on that trip. And then we came back and we themed the entire next four months after that experience. Yeah. And we Amazing. said, what's the gas in your business? What are the brakes in your business? What's the steering in your business? And how do you appropriately adjust the right amount to get the result that you're after to get to your peak of performance? Oh, I love it. And by adding that as well, though, like, isn't that way, way more engaging mm-hmm. and giving reference and relevancy than just going, oh, what do we need to work on? What's the, what's the, what's holding us back right now? Where, where, where's the anchor? Yeah. Where's the ore yeah. in the so, water? Like, so if you- if you're paying attention to this podcast and you're like, okay, I'm getting it. I'm starting to sink in on it. Like this is the piece that I hope you don't leave the podcast and miss is that when people can come to their own realization through play or experience, they will remember it 100 times longer than anything you've ever told, tried to teach them or given them an experience. Like I, I was mentioning Jade right before we came on, one of my team members, we just did a firewalk on our property for just our, our internal team. And we went firewalking and my, my assistant was like, I will never forget that for the rest of my life. So she got this flame tattoo on her finger because she was like, I will never forget that the first time we went firewalking. And like, I can't take that experience away from her ever in her entire life. Yeah. And the same thing with the, with the kid that I used to do the big brother's big sister with, by the way, his name's Zach, shout out to Zach, whoever watches this, is that hey, like, he can't, he, nobody, no one in his life can take that away from him. So if you yeah. go back to this idea of what I said about why I volunteered with this kid in the first place was just, I just wanted to, you know, I want to be around kids. And I, I realized later, like how much more valuable it was for me than him. And like, we both got good value out of it. You know, like we both got massive value out of that relationship is that that's how you should view your team is that if you constantly just gift them experience, they will never forget for the rest of their lives. You will train them more than anything you can ever have as words come out of your mouth. Yeah. You know, or sitting in a board meeting or whatever. Oh my gosh. The other thing though is that, so, and this this is what I wanted to share with you in terms of how you inspired me. I completely shifted my whole business model and got back into my lane of being in the the people and culture and experiences. And I want to be able to deliver Mind Valley style events, transformational events for teams. Because it's A, A, because of the increased performance that you get as a business owner by delivering that for your teams, but Mm -hmm. mainly because I want to be the world's largest enabler of humans that are happy at work and giving a gift to employees that they would never usually do for themselves, right? Most of our employees will not, not earn the money that they can justify spending to go and do something if they had to buy an individual ticket to go and do those things or they wait like even for skydiving they feel it needs to wait till a milestone birthday or do you know what I mean like to, yeah, to, yeah. when to I'm 30 when I'm 40 worthy, when I'm whatever yeah yeah, yeah, yeah to yeah. be worthy of this experience but again there's then there's no context and the transformation is not there um so everything <laughs> for me is around that but here's yeah. here's the uh here's the win-win for the employers right because everyone's in this war for talent right now. Everyone's like, ah, oh, people are getting thrown money and I'm losing people because they, they get headhunted and they get thrown extra cash. Well, 
offer them something that money can't buy. Transformational experiences is something that money can't buy for you. Like when you, when you, when you lead it in this way, and now you have an employee benefit scheme that nobody can compete with. And we know that if, if people have a best friend at work, they're seven times more productive. They're seven times more engaged. And they say seven times longer. Think about what that does to your bottom line. Right. Think about what it does to you for your human, because you're good humaning, but in terms of what it does for your business, right? If, and, and by doing these experiences, you create best friends at work. You're going, creating this shared connection. That who's going to want to leave that? Yeah. Like people don't want to leave and people don't want to underperform because then they're letting down their comrades. Like you don't want to be a dickhead and like slack off and let down your people that you really care about. Your friends. Yeah. Your friends. Right. So this is like, if you really want to compete in the war for talent, a, offer something that nobody else offers. Like I say, I, I want to be able to give my clients teams the experiences that you'd only ever get if you sold your soul to Big Pharma or back in the day when you worked for Xerox. <laughs> yeah. remember, when, remember when Xerox was worth it? Or like an, or an MLM, right? Yeah. You know, you, you have to be one of these, part of these giant things to be able to, they, and they put on these massive sales of like you hit, hit a target, you get to go to one of these transformational events and you get a motivational speaker and you do firewalks or they bring these people in. That's usually the only way most people as an right, employee can experience it. What if yeah, we can, outside what if we can give that? Right. Yeah. What if we can give that every day to our employees? What, but for me now, my whole thing is how do I give this to my clients, employees? How do I help them? So they don't have to go and pay those ridiculous amounts of money to bring in that those speakers or send to conferences. How do we create that for them? Jade, you said something that made me made me think this thought. I had to write it down as you were talking because I, I was like, oh man, I got to say this. Is that this idea that like, why don't people do this on their own? Right? Like, why don't people just go and, you know, go and go skydiving or whatever? And what I wrote down, and hopefully this will make, make sense, even if it's only to one person who listens to the show, I hope it makes sense to you. But people are waiting for the invitation to become more. They're waiting for the permission. Because everyone else, so every time I ask who wants to go skydiving with me, uh, oh, maybe for my birthday, maybe this, or I'm scared, or do you know what I mean? And and they need it encouraged out of them. But most of the time, people need the permission to grow because other, like you said earlier, they've got people that are scared, like they've tried something before and they got a bit of growth and then they got pin, they got pulled back down, and so they're they're scared of the of the new identity of what happens to them. Who am I? Like, this is where the massive fear of success and that comes in too, right? Like, who am I if I become that person? Who do I leave behind? When I've done this before, this happened. Which of my friends, which of my things. Yeah, and I I think it's really interesting that you swap the word permission for invitation, right? Because I still think, you know, looking at it, like, I love the idea of the invitation to become more, but you're right. You can ask people, hey, do you want to come with me skydiving? They're like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Like, and, and this is, it's so fascinating. I asked, when I became a certified firewalking instructor, I asked people, I'm like, hey, I'm going to run a firewalk. I'm just doing friends and family. If anyone wants to come over and do firewalking. And the number one response was like, why would I ever do that? Yeah. But what? in a business setting and in my normal like business life, when I said I'm a firewalking instructor, every one of my clients said, I'll be the first one in line to do it. Yeah. Right. Because they're, they they want me to be the person who pushes them and that asks more of them mm. and does that. And this is really interesting. I want to tie this and hopefully this will put a bow on this thing for you, Jade, is 
I already have permission to push them. Uh-huh. They've given me permission to push them. That's why they want that opportunity. As they said, I've already, hey, Jason, you're the guy I've said, I want you to push me. I want you to push my limits. I want you to get me out of my comfort zone. So when I invite them to do things, they show up and they're ready to go. Most yeah. people don't have permission. And, the, and this is really interesting. They're looking for permission from their peers around them to say, this is okay to do. So, and that's why in that environment of like 12 people, they're looking to each other saying, you're going to do this. You're gonna, okay. Let's all do this. Like it's a, it. it's a peer driven, permission driven, invitation given opportunity to become the best version of yourself, which is what I love to live for every single day. And there's the boat. Bang. <laughs> I told you, I try and tie a bow on it. Put it together. I love it. I love it. Because this is you are the the master. You are the master. Um, Jason, that I I could literally jam on this all day, but we've promised ourselves that we're going to try and make podcast length episodes, not miniseries. Um where where should people connect with you? Where do they where do they find you? And we'll make sure Uh, it's in the links. Look, if you just search Jason Everett on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, on whatever, you'll probably find me. There's a version, there's a business version of me that exists somewhere. And then there's a, a version of me that's the dad version and the adventure version. They blur together. But I'm just saying, whatever one you find me on, just search Jason Everett or connect with Jade through Facebook or Instagram and make sure we get connected. And if I can do anything to give you some ideas to help you, um, you know, plan an event or host an event or something, please just let me know. Um, I'd be happy to pop an idea or two your direction and get you moving. And I hope I hope as you listen to this episode with Jade, two things happen. Number one, you felt inspired. And number uh, number one, you felt inspired. And number two, you realize what a gift it is to know Jade. Like, I hope you understand that her ability to attract other awesome people, and hopefully I fit in that category. You, you said some nice <laughs> things about me, so I, I'm stoked about it. But I hope you understand that Jade can give you so much more that you probably don't even know if you just message her and find out about it. So I'm just, I'm grateful to be here, Jade. And it was just my pleasure to hang out with you. Uh, and I cannot wait to that fire walk with you. And hopefully it will be in a couple yeah. of months time. I love it. That would awesome. be awesome. Thanks everyone. You know the drill. Make sure wherever you're watching this, comment below and subscribe. And we will see you on the next episode. Do it. Thanks for tuning in to the Barrels and Business podcast. If you are ready to build your kick-ass team, you're looking to scale your business, or you just want ways that you can get wet more often, make sure you head on over and connect with us at barrelsandbusiness.com. Actually, while you're at it, why don't you just hit subscribe wherever you are watching and listening to the podcast right now. I'll see you guys on the next episode.